The Premier Ultimate League podcast is brought to you by Kiko Socks, the most comfortable and durable sock designed specifically for Ultimate players. Owned and run by female players who not only understand the pains of grueling practices in long tournaments, but the lack of high-performance apparel available to female athletes. Kiko Socks feature double padding and moisture-wicking fibers that protect your feet so you can cut harder than ever before. Available in bold colors at an affordable price, Kiko Socks invites you to focus on your game, not your feet. The podcast is also brought to you by Layout Gloves, the ultimate grip for your game. They provide a consistent grip in any playing conditions, allowing you to add more spin, throw farther, and catch more passes. Layout Ultimate Gloves are the official glove and proud supporters of the PUL. Hi, I am Colleen Wright with the Nashville Nightshade, and I serve as a manager for the Nightshade organization. Hey, this is Liz Barnes. I'm one of the captains for Nightshade. All right, and I'm Bonesaw, representing the Austin Torch and also the PUL. Um, and did y'all hear what we just had? Those were two sponsors of the podcast. What, what? what? <laughs> Thank you to Kiko and to Leia for answering the call uh, to sponsor the podcast. They're going to be our sponsors for the next four podcasts. Very awesome. Have either of y'all tried Kiko socks before? I have not had the pleasure, but hoping to. I think you're going to. Send them our way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the plan. I actually think the plan is they're going to send some for uh, championship weekend. So the four teams that get to championship weekend could be outfitted in some Kiko socks. Maybe even some. Gotta cust- get there. I know. <laughs> Gotta get there. <laughs> Maybe even some custom Kiko socks. I think, uh, I got a little picture from Adriana over there at VC. She was practicing or trying out some screen printing on the socks that looked really cool. The Kiko socks are pretty popular in Nashville. A bunch of the the younger players are rocking them and are offended when I don't know what they are. So <laughs> I've been taught my lesson. <laughs> What's the defining feature? How do you know if it's a Kiko sock? Uh, that cute little penguin with a K. Oh, the penguin makes a K? I didn't put that together. Yeah, it's like a penguin, and then the the white arms make a K. Oh, rad. Well, we're psyched that they're sponsoring uh, the PUL podcast, The Pulpit, or The Pulp. We still haven't decided what we're going to call it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, let's get on with it. Psyched to have you all on today's podcast. Um, For the new listeners, we're going to cycle through all eight teams in the preseason here to get a little glimpse into what is happening in each city and and how that team came to be and what the rosters are looking like and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So uh, let's just jump right in. Can you give a brief history of how the Nightshade came to be and your role in the Nightshade? Yeah, I'm happy to take that one. Um, Well, Nightshade was kind of, to be honest, kind of birthed out of um, and motivated by the boycott of late 2017, I believe. Um, kind of right after that, of course, the holidays hit, which was um, tough for people to get together and talk about, you know, gender equity and what that means for um, ultimate and women and and whatnot. So we, we got together a group of women and a couple guys from the Nightwatch team, plus the Nightwatch owner in early January of 2018. And, you know, we sat down in local restaurants and 
talked about gender equity and what was missing for us as women in, in general and in Nashville and, um, decided, you know, three things were kind of most important, um, was just the opportunity, um, of playing professional, um, the visibility that we weren't really given, um, as women in Nashville. Um, you know, we haven't had a chance to really play on the large, large stages and, um, and also playing out of region teams. You know, we've kind of been stuck playing the same teams year after year in the club season and, um, not really kind of being able to play beyond that. So, um, those are some big pieces that we, we got out of that conversation and we, we kind of hit the ground running, you know, David Trett, who we pretty much owe everything to last year, who was the owner of the night watch and became the owner of the nightshade last year when that was born. Um, he funded the women's team as well as the men's and really got things off the ground in other cities, talking to the other, you know, ADL owners and trying to get us games and trying to get a momentum started. Um, so when we started in January, we were already behind, right? We were flying by the seat of our pants and trying to just make things work, set up games, um, figure out rules, which, you know, we played by a different set of rules for, every game that we played last year, which made things super challenging, but also helped us see that, you know, we don't have to sit, you don't have to fit into a men's league rule set or necessarily the USAU rule set, but could create our own and figure out what worked well for a women's game, what didn't, um, and whatnot. So we played about 10 games last year, um, all over kind of the Southeast, but also included cities like Indianapolis and Detroit and Kansas city, um, as well as the Southeast Austin. Um, if I'm going to name all of them, Austin, Dallas, (laughs) uh, Atlanta, Raleigh, Indy, Detroit, and Kansas city. Y'all definitely Um, played the most games of any of the women's teams. We really did. And we, we, to be honest, we just went after it. Um, we weren't going to be held back. And, and luckily with the support of David Tratt and red bicycle, the, the business he owns here in Nashville, we were able to have an amazing first season, um, and give that opportunity of visibility and competitiveness and those out of region games to women in Nashville, which was really meaningful and, um, just an amazing experience. So I think that helped us kind of in the Southeast, um, lead the way and, and start the momentum for, um, you know, for years to come. And, you know, our, our idea of (laughs) let's fly by the seat of our pants and just get this going, regardless of what other people think, um, paid off and, you know, we're still here and excited about what the, what the actual league um, of the premier ultimate league will, will offer this year and excited for more structure for sure. And a solid set of rules throughout the whole season and everything that pole has to offer. So that's a brief, not so brief history um, <laughs> on, on Nashville's uh, kind of nightshade birth. Yeah. Liz, how did you uh, get involved with the team last year? Uh, so last year I was actually trying out for Nightwatch and I made it into um, 
next rounds of tryouts and was going to practices or to the camps with Nightwatch. And when it came down to choosing the team, Tret messaged me and told me that um, he didn't think I should be on the practice squad for Nightwatch. Instead, he would like for me to be involved with the new and upcoming women's professional team nightshade i would captain with colleen he actually beat me to the punch before colleen could, could ask me her trail but uh <laughs> very grateful for the opportunity yeah and last year we wanted we had a team that was more representative of the entire state it was based out of Na- nashville but we wanted our leadership to be kind of spread out across the state um so we had at the time liz was living in chattanooga we had one coach in Nashville, one captain in Nashville, and then one of each in Chattanooga as well. So that worked really well. But this year we're looking to have um, kind of more buy-in on a local level, really build out kind of the local community buy-in into the team and um, have our leadership based here in Nashville. Yeah. I, if I could go back to one thing you said, Colleen, I think there's there's something kind of simmering under the surface of this PUL. I always say PUL, and my wife, Colleen, also named Colleen, always because, like, why don't you call the pull? And I don't know why. I'm in a bad habit of calling it the PUL, but whatever. The pull. Um, a lot of the teams that are popping up are in cities that don't, you know, aren't really necessarily regarded right off the bat as the top women's ultimate cities in the, in the nation or the cities that don't get... Um, make it to nationals every time or don't get the ESPN broadcast through USAU and whatnot. I think it's a really interesting dynamic that's been developing. I mean, you touched on it right off the bat that you, because of that, the way that the USAU club season is structured, y'all don't get opportunities to go out and play other teams from out of the region and, and get the same exposure. Um, I just think it's a really cool feature of this league that it's being pushed by communities that the rest of the country never gets to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Nashville is a smaller market, so we have often struggled to have a top level women's club team. And we've, you know, as a club team, we made it to nationals once in eight years. Um, and that was old, that was under the old USAU structure. And now with the triple crown and, um, all the pieces, um, to USAU, it's very challenging for teams from, smaller markets to, uh, to kind of rise to the top. So, you know, I think it, it takes a group of people that are super determined and, um, people who are not going to get left behind by, you know, certain requirements or criteria, um, that you have to meet in other leagues. The VC ultimate product of the week is the premier ultimate league revolution hoodie made from premium flex light material. Revolution Hoodie has quickly become one of VC's most popular products, and for good reason. These hoodies are perfect for relaxing at home or competing at the field. A portion of every purchase goes to support the pull, so head on over to VC Ultimate to get yours today. So, uh, now it's 2019, and there's a league, and y'all have already had tryouts. Let's get some sports talk. Give me the update. What's happening with you know the current Nightshade? Well, we had our first round of tryouts two weeks girls we didn't know came from cities all over and they were just total athletes and just badass women and they were out there playing in the cold the wind the rain smiles on everyone's face everyone 
had a blast and just balled out. What was the um, what was the structure of the tryouts? Just general, you know. Can you give me some details? Was it a lot of scrimmage? Was it a lot of were you timing speed or how did, how did your tryouts work? So the structure we started with you know the classic warm up and some throws. Then we went into V five mini, and after that we did um, stations. One station was just like a huck dish kind of drill, and then the other was uh, called shit machine oh. where everyone just kind of had to run diagonal zigzag cones, catching and throwing shit throws back to the handler just to tire the player out and just see what they could handle and how, how their throws changed throughout those sprints. And then uh, the third station was our combine. So we, uh, a five, ten, five sprint, and then we did a forty-yard sprint, and then we did a seventy-yard sprint. Which uh, the first pulled their hamstring. Oh no! The thing is, like last year we had tryouts indoors, mm-hmm. and we felt like that was a big mistake because you know everybody looks good indoor when there's no elements you know to deal with. Um, every throw should be, in theory perfect. Um, but it was very difficult for us to, um, kind of distinguish between the players. Um, and so this year we made it a point that even if it was freezing or even if it was raining, we were still going to have tryouts outside Mm -hmm. and, you know, Nashville has fairly mild temperatures, so it was cold, but that's sometimes how it goes. And if we have to have a game in the rain, we will. And, you know, that's how you distinguish between players, you know, who's, who's got the extra focus and who's got the throws in the rain and the wind, et cetera. Speaking of, you mentioned the terrible rainy weather. I feel like one thing that could really help in the rainy, terrible weather is layout gloves. <laughs> how about that segue? So our, oh. yeah, I just, I, I nailed that one. You nailed it. <laughs> so our, our other presenting sponsor is Layout Gloves. Uh, they're not only sponsoring the next four episodes of the podcast, but they're also league official sponsor for our, for gloves. Um, have y'all designed your custom layout gloves yet? Nightshade is a poisonous plant. So we're going with a poisonous, creepy um, sense to the jersey and, and the gloves. So you'll have to wait to see, see that in person. I was wondering about what the nightshade name, you know, I knew it was the poisonous plant, but the logo is more like, doesn't quite reference that. I wasn't quite sure what the nightshade reference was specifically to. So the nightshade logo, I feel like it was supposed to be connected with Nightwatch last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two towers are for, the the batman tower here in nashville and then the the round base part is a pick like a guitar pick oh my god yeah right just blew my mind i didn't see mind that. blown <laughs> Whoa, epic. yeah most people think it's kind of like an avatar so yeah if you just want to put like towers on there and strum your guitar you could rep nightshade yeah oh my god you guys need to make mm-hmm. custom picks as a merchandise item. Just oh my God. putting that out there. We could. We have a you few can help us with that. Yeah. I can't. You know what? I will help you with that. 
Yeah. Anyway, somehow we we got off layout gloves to guitar picks, but uh, <laughs> shout out to layout gloves. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Uh, so that's a great recap on the Nightshade. I'm excited that uh, the Torch are going to get to play the Nightshade again this year. What are the highlights of your schedule coming up? How many games did you play in? What's the structure? How's it looking? So the schedule's looking pretty good this year. We've got our game opener against uh, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. One of our players, Mary Turner, is leaving us. She uh, helped start the Columbus team and will now be our competitor for this season. Uh, so they picked up a really, really solid chick, and we're sad to see her go. <laughs> um, and then, then the next game, we'll be traveling to Austin to meet this really weird dude I've heard about, Bonesaw. <laughs> what, what, what is Bonesaw anyway? I will be there. But <laughs> interesting side note, uh, Colleen, you and I have met in person. Sort of, I know. sort of awkwardly on the field, like you're warming up. I wanted to say hi. I was, you know, I was like, "Hey, you, Colleen. I'm Bonesaw. Good luck." I don't really even remember, but now if I could go back, now that we know each other, it's true. I have thought about that moment before. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies if I was awkward. I was like running all over the place, and I had recently injured my back, and I was being weird. Anyway, well, I think you were asking me for that. Was such a crazy point in our season because those were like add-on games for us um it was also so hot i thought i was gonna die that day but yeah i remember it being funny because i think you were wanting our roster with all the correct numbers of players and i could not provide that (laughs) because we had picked up so many just because that wasn't part of our original season so we couldn't promise that any of our original roster players would be there um so again you know the theme of flying by the seat of our pants was 100 percent last year and especially in that game so we picked up like eight or ten players for that game mm-hmm. and it was just madness so i remember that interaction being uh yeah <laughs> one, one for the books one for the books for sure <laughs> well I, that's a good example of how you know last year it was fly by the seat of your pants and maybe to the outside viewer i mean to the outside viewer that game probably looked like it was totally smooth and and no problem and the roster got up there just in time for the announcer to say the names but behind the scenes last year was a whole lot of like scrambling at the end to try to make these things happen and uh I think we're all, everybody who's involved is proud that did happen and is also somewhat relieved that this year hopefully will not quite be so like, hey, I'm trying to go get the roster from the captain who's trying to warm up, but also stay cool on like 120 degree hurt turf, like two seconds before the announcer needs to say the names. (laughs) For sure. But at the same time, because it is the first official pilot season, um, I think there will be many of, uh, many of those times as well. Hopefully less than last year, but you know it's ultimate, and we're mostly volunteers and trying to try to make it happen. And it, we'll run into some funny situations for sure. So, so after that Austin game, where's where does the nightshade go? Um, after the away Austin game, we're going to be hosting a game against Indy, and that's the weekend where Nashville hosts a club tournament called Monkey Bowl. So we'll have a good turnout, have an after party. Then we'll be heading to Atlanta. And then after that, Raleigh will be coming to Nashville to play us. Hopefully another double overtime game. Y'all had double overtime game with them last time? 
Yeah, last year we played Raleigh and it went into double overtime. Which I'm not even sure we had worked out all the rules for, to be honest. We didn't, yeah. Like we just decided things as, as it came about. Yeah, we added, I think we decided to do a sudden death because the guys were supposed to play right after us, but we'd already added like 30 to 40 minutes onto our game um, with the overtime. So it got a little um, time sensitive. That's a great schedule. So just generally speaking, it's five game regular season and and then there's going to be a playoff weekend. Yes. Playoff weekend will be in Atlanta uh, the weekend of June 28th. Hopefully we both make it. And by we, I mean the players who are on the Austin torch. And the <laughs> Exactly. So the league's going to put out the schedule uh, probably right in conjunction with this podcast being released. So hopefully every, all you listeners can go check out the premier ultimate league.com and see the schedule. Um, because I'm biased towards Austin. I'm going to read about Austin's here. Our, our schedule opens with uh, Atlanta at home on the second weekend, April 27th. Uh, that's going to be a standalone game. And then we're going to have two other home games against Nashville, aforementioned Indianapolis here in Austin on May 18th. Uh, then we have a couple weeks off, and then we make a trip all the way up to New York City, which is going to be really fun. Uh, and then we go out to Raleigh for our second road game. Uh, so hopefully, I guess what's designed, every team pretty much has three home games and two away games, or two home games and three away games. Um, except for Columbia, of course, they're a unique situation. Um, and what they're doing, just so listeners know, uh, they're going to have their first game be a home game as an exhibition game during the TEP tournament on April 20th against Atlanta. Then they're going to come come over for two weekends in a row. Uh, they're going to fly over and play Atlanta and Raleigh on Saturday, Sunday. Stay in Atlanta and do some uh, clinics and whatnot. Then drive out and do... It's Indianapolis and Columbus, correct? I'm pretty sure. On the next Saturday, Sunday, drive back and fly out of Atlanta. So there's been a lot of questions about how Columbia is going to afford it. Can they afford it? How are we going to manage these logistics? Um, well, there is your answer. I think we can all probably assume that they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> they have a giant, a giant target on their back as the top seed. I would think <laughs> they should start budgeting now for it. They should. That's right. <laughs> uh, and part of the theory of having it in Atlanta is that it's the cheapest for all teams to get to. Basically. So I'd like to to, to jump ahead to a recurring segment we have. It's called uh, "Don't Judge Me, But I Don't Get It." And it's where we get a question from the community. Um, sometimes it can be a male, but it can be a female about something gender equity related or whatever. And maybe we can provide, or y'all can provide some insight. Um, and I actually have the one question that came up. This was actually asked in person. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, somebody, a guy that I, I play pickup with, asked this question after he listened to the podcast. Don't judge me, but I don't get it. So I tried to type this out while I was had cold hands playing, but he said, sometimes so far the league seems lacking in, quote, sportsness, if you will, um, lacking in whimsy and, address, and adrenaline and in excess of conversation that is fraught with solemn social and cultural directives. Sooner or later, it would be great to see it more about sports and playing the sport and competing. Just enter the party and show everybody how you compete and take joy in the sport for the sportsness of it all. Also, sports are entertainment, and though they can bring awareness to social and cultural issues, it is also an entertainment business, and I worry that people will lose interest if it is always so serious, to quote the Joker. Oh. 
why so serious? Why so serious? Uh, so I guess, yeah, kind of like the Joker. And I guess this is a no judgment zone. And we're just going to respond. Yeah, I can I can definitely see where that person is, is coming from. At the end of the day, I like to dive in and get on with it. But I've definitely learned um, that it's important to have these conversations and talk through things that are, um, you know, prevalent issues in society right now. And you learn from experts and make sure that, you know, people are all on the same page, you know, before we dive in and create rules and create a whole league. Um, this is also something that is new. So you want to do it right the first time and have those important conversations on the front end so that we can just dive in and go full steam ahead. Once those conversations and policies and whatnot are set up on the front end. I'm very thankful to be in a community that values conversation. These conversations are definitely very important and need to be discussed, but playing the sport is what we're all here for. We love, we love to be on the field. We love to be with our friends. Like this sport is who we are. So uh, we actually had a guy apply to our tryouts and the, the responses weren't, weren't taken well, kind of mocking gender equity and uh, just kind of making a joke of the team and uh, of tryouts in general. And I had multiple conversations with people about how to approach the situation and I, this is a league where we want to be inclusive of everyone. And so I was having a hard time figuring out how to explain to him that, yes, we want to be inclusive and there's no reason we shouldn't include you, but this is a women's league. You have opportunities already with the men's league. You just have to put forth more effort to travel now, if you want to be a part of those teams, since Nashville no longer has one. And also one of my friends brought up that the way he's feeling right now, not having the opportunity is how women have felt for generations in sports. Men, men have the opportunity. They have the resources. They have the visibility. They have the spectators. They have the interest. And so that really just opened my eyes to how the roles can switch so quickly, but he doesn't understand that. He definitely didn't see it in that way. So he didn't show up at tryout. Uh, I actually reached out to him and cause it is kind of his personality. Like when Colleen first told me that he applied, I was like, Oh, that's really funny. Cause that is his personality. But the comments were, rude and insensitive and uh so I reached out to him and he just meant it as a joke and so then I had the conversation with him that uh women's ultimate is being used as locker room talk for men as um just as a topic to kind of bro out and bashing it is how they just make jokes and make conversations with each other. And I told him that it's, it's disrespectful and insensitive and, 
he said he would be more uh, conscious with his words and intentions behind them. Well, thanks for doing the podcast, y'all. Any final thoughts? Um, hopefully we'll have you back later in the season. I'm ready to start playing Frisbee. <laughs> ready to be on the field. We'll see you on the field. And now we know it's going to be May 18th here in Austin. May 11th. Damn it! 11th. <laughs> You're right. I was just testing you. May 11th here in Austin. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, all you listeners, exactly. check out uh, PremierUltimateLeague.com for the uh, now-announced schedule. Very exciting. All right. Talk to you all soon.